Hey, good evening, Missouri fans. Gabe DeArmond here, publisher of Power Mizzou. We're going to talk a little Mizzou football here, camp, recruiting, whatever comes up. Gerard Hamilton going to join us in a minute. This is our weekly show for the 2023 season, State of the Tigers, brought to you by our friend James Carlton at James Carlton State Farm. I, I, he James thought that was a good name for his uh, his insurance agency to go ahead and name it James Carlton State Farm. You can find him at carltoninsurance.net. Throughout the show, we're going to be, uh, we'll, we'll have a little ticker with his contact information. And if you want to get in touch with James, he wants to, he's a huge Missouri fan. He wants to help the University of Missouri and its NIL efforts. All of you guys here want to do that too. And if you get in touch with James by phone at 314-961-4800 or online at carltoninsurance.net, his Facebook site there, just Carlton Insurance. If you get in touch with him any of those ways, you get a quote from him and you mention Power Mizzou, you mention this show, James is going to donate $20 to Every True Tiger Foundation, which is one of the collectives that helps Mizzou's NIL efforts. Look, guys, we talk about NIL every single week on this show, um, and it is particularly relevant the last few weeks and leading into Monday afternoon. So uh, if you want to get in touch with James, He's he, he he's helped a lot of people. I know he's going to take care of you and he's also going to help out Mizzou. So uh, you guys should go ahead and do that. Everybody needs insurance. Why not give a shot to James Carlton? So we bring in Gerard Hamilton now. Our, uh, and, and Gerard, I thought there was only one place we should really start this. How excited are you about three dollar hot dogs at Faroe Field next year? I mean, that that like I tweeted that out. And I can't tell you the last time I've gotten so much engagement. Uh, sorry, not, I can't call it Twitter on X as I did when I when I when I posted about the uh, three dollar hot dogs. Um, all I got to say is, is if it's better than what they they serving up in the media, <laughs> we'll we'll see. I'm not. I'm a I'm a hamburger guy. Um, I don't mess with the five five dollar <laughs> cheeseburger at Fro Field. Buying. You know what? I'll just eat before I leave. <laughs> there that's, you go. That's that. There we go. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would say I would not pay maybe three dollars for a hot dog normally, but if you're at a football game, hey, oh, that's, yeah, that's definitely good prices for for you know, you know they yeah, it, much better at least. Like good for Mizzou. Like nobody ever drops prices on anything, right? So Desiree Desiree Reed Francois kind of continues to show that she has her. Uh, finger on the pulse of, of what's important to people. Um, do want to invite you guys who are watching on the live stream here, uh, put your questions, your comments in. Uh, we will certainly get to those. We have kind of a, a little blueprint, some things we want to talk about. We're going to start with fall camp. We will get to your questions, recruiting, all that. But anything that any comments, questions you have, uh, feel free to throw them in there and we will get to them. But uh, look, we're, what are we, Gerard? week week and a half into fall camp something like that mm -hmm. about halfway through i feel like uh it's, it's gonna wrap up something like august 18th august 19th so we're about halfway through camp um we're not we're not gonna pretend we we've learned a ton um but i wanted to kind of go through just some guys that that both of us have have thought hey you know maybe maybe caught our eye a little bit and I feel like we have to start at quarterback because that's what everybody wants to talk about. And 
the guy I wrote down that, that I thought we should talk about is the guy who I think is kind of the forgotten guy in this competition. Like, I think everybody views this as it's Brady Cook's job and maybe Sam Horn will take it. And, and I don't think many people are talking about Jake Garcia. And I, I mean, I mean, do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, it does feel like he's kind of the guy on the outside looking in just a little bit, but he's not. I mean, he's he's in, in the pack. He's of the three, but it does feel like he is third um, for one reason or another. Freeway Jared, by the way, just gave us five bucks so that you can get a hot, a glizzy, and a drink. Whoa, 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 whoa Jared! I'm, I'm not a, I'm not one of those gladiators, man. That's why I, I said I'm a camera. <laughs> I will, I will make sure. Maybe not at the South Dakota game because we're gonna have a tailgate at the South Dakota game, but at the Middle Tennessee game, I Gerard is gonna use that five dollars and he's gonna go to the concession stand and he's gonna order himself up a Faroe Field hot dog. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to guarantee this. That is not going to happen. <laughs> I, I, I'd get it and bring it right back for Gabe. There you go. Yeah. But, hey, hey there, there have been times where I would be perfectly happy to have a hot dog. Uh, all right. So, Jake Garcia, though, I mean, like, we feel like he came into camp if there was a depth chart, probably third, right? But I don't feel like there's a huge gap between, like, I think these guys are all getting their shot. And, and while it would surprise me if Jake Garcia won the job, probably, like, I, I don't think by any means it's out of the question. No, I think he, there, there's a reason they brought him in. I mean, they think he's a talented guy. It's just about putting it all together. It's the same thing for Sam Horn, same thing for Brady Cook. They all have things that each one is really good at and that they think can excel at, but they've got to put it all together, and that's what this competition's about. Well, and it's interesting. Like, I don't know if – I think if you just put tape on, I don't know if Jake Garcia is necessarily the best. Like, he's not the most mobile. That's probably Brady Cook. I don't know if he has the best arm. That's probably Sam Horn, although Garcia's got got a fine arm. Um, you know, accuracy, I, I don't know. He might be the best there. I haven't really been able to tell. Experience, Brady Cook has a little bit more. So I don't know if he's the best in any one category. But, like, if you take all the categories and you look at them, I, I think there's a little more to Jake Garcia than we're talking about. Yeah, it's kind of a – it feels like a jack of all – what's it, jack of all trades? I think that's the mm -hmm. saying. It's kind of – yeah, he's – there's nothing that's probably – well, maybe – I do think maybe of the three, they think he could possibly be able to, like you said, kind of put together having some type of throwing touch but also being capable of making all the throws. Like Brady Cook, we all know, um, doesn't have the strongest arm. I mean, enough of an arm to complete the passes but not mm -hmm. the strongest arm. Sam Horn has a very strong arm, as we know, but – you know, the questions about accuracy and can he put touch on the ball? That's very important. Um, I think just the biggest thing for Jake will be, I think Drink said last week was his, is his footwork and, and kind of, you know, doing stuff in the pocket, you know, that's comfortable for him. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be interesting to see play out. If I, if I set the over-under on quarterbacks that see the field in the first two games at 2.5, are you going over or under? Over. Yeah, I think they all three play. I really oh, do. He, I, I think, think they probably to. all three play in the first week. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 why that's an easy it's a easy over for me. I think uh, they'll all play. Um, 
yesterday I was kind of thinking, would there get to a point maybe where, because at that point that would be with five weeks into this competition after that first week, would they do something like maybe they take out one of the quarterbacks? Because after five weeks, you know, we gotta you gotta give somebody else more of a chance, maybe who who shined in it. So would we go become a two man game come uh, Middle Tennessee? Yeah, that's, that's I, I like that. Like it, 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 and they'll never say it out loud, right? Mm-hmm. That you don't have to like the game planning's a little easier for South Dakota, right? You can probably. Like Drink said last year, I, I don't have time to game plan for three guys. I think maybe you do against South Dakota, right? Like you just you just install a, a limited package for that third guy. But then Middle Tennessee, hey, you're probably not beating Middle Tennessee by 50, right? So maybe that third string guy doesn't play against Middle Tennessee. And then, again, we keep going back to, like, I think the guy that takes the first snap against Kansas State is the guy that you've decided, this is our guy. We're going to ride with him until he proves that that we can't do it. Well, I don't think there's no first snap versus Kansas State. Whoever comes out, I think that's it. I don't think there's any more furthering the competition as far as, like, maybe someone else sees snaps. Like, Kansas State, whoever is the first person I feel like you said, like, that's it. There's not a – I don't think no one else is going to get a chance. Um Something interesting. Um, unless it unless an injury or it's just going bad. Oh, well, that, that that'd be bad deja vu for the fans because an injury did happen. Brady Cook got hurt that game, and then they did bring in someone else, and that was also pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, I just want to talk a little bit about Garcia, just because I feel like, like I said, he's the guy that that nobody's really talking about. Um. One of the other guys that that I had written down, and and you mentioned him yesterday, that I thought deserves a mention. Like we both thought, we both kind of talked at practice yesterday. I kind of think Max Wisner is going to be the starting tight end. I don't, I, like, I'm not basing that on a ton, right? We we haven't seen anything that necessarily gives that away. That's just, I don't know. That's my opinion. Yeah, he just seems like the steady guy right now. He's. He's been there for a little bit of time. He's been kind of putting on some weight, you know, getting bigger. He's got the playbook under. Well, I guess no one technically has the playbook under him, but he he knows what the coaching staff expects of him, basically. Um, he, he's been a year. Uh, he's had a year, uh, year to play under drinking, SEC play and all that good stuff. So he just seems like a steady guy. But the other tight ends that we've been talking about, you know, Jordan Harris, Brett Norfleet, like, they're happy with those guys. Like they feel like them and in, in, including uh, Max, they feel like that can push the tight end group forward and take a big step. I don't think that means, um, you know, the tight end group is a super, you know, focal part of this offense type of thing, but they do feel like, okay, we're not doing 10 on 11 last year. Cause a lot of the times last year's for most games, to be honest, that's what it seemed like. Yeah. Um, the the third guy, the third kind of position, really, because it's not a guy, but we were talking about a little today at practice. Um, we know that if they're out there, Tyron Hopper and Chad Bailey are the starting linebackers. We have said over and over, like, we haven't really seen Chad Bailey at practice. We keep being told it's not a big deal, so we will believe them that it's not a big deal and that at some point he's, he's going to be back with the team and starting at linebacker. Uh, he's with the team. We've seen him. He just hasn't been practicing. So at, at some point we assume those are the two starting linebackers, but like they're probably not going to play every snap. 
So who do you look at and say, this is, this is the sub, this is the third linebacker. That's easily Tristan Newsom for me. Every time I see him at practice, I'm just like, he doesn't seem like he's always been a linebacker. Like he, he's had to play something faster. You mentioned once I'm like playing safety or something. He's very fast. He can play, uh, you know, he's got, he's good in pass coverage when they were doing, I know it's very small, but I mentioned like their first practice, they were doing like a, a fumble drill. So the coach would kind of throw a little dribbler to them. And it sounds easy enough, but some of them, some of the linebackers were fumbling <laughs> it or they just couldn't get it. He's like the way he scooped it up. I know, again, very small detail, but the way he scooped it up, it it was all in one motion. He didn't stop his speed. He scooped it up. And again, we were just there for, well, we were there 45 minutes. And that's one, one rep of one drill. But it's just like little things like that, and I keep seeing it all the time. On top of what they told us all spring, what I was hearing all offseason about him being a ball hawk and just knowing where to be where the ball is. I mean, it's it's I feel like it's easily gonna be him. I, I think the third linebacker is going to be Tristan Newson. But like to me today, it looked like right now it might be Damian Wilson, who was you know a reserve last year. Um now look that again, there's Two and a half weeks of camp left, three weeks till the first game. Like things can change. Um, but like Damian Wilson seems like one of those guys that, hey, if it's gonna happen, if he's gonna get on the field, it's probably kind of gotta happen this year, or he risks getting passed up, right? So I'll be interested to see if he can make a contribution um to this team. And then the 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 last guy, and I feel like this it was kind of a late transfer and nobody really talked to him. So I feel like it flew under the radar. I feel like Sidney Williams is going to be a guy that the season opener, some people aren't really going to know who he is. And by like SEC play, I'm not sure he's not starting for Missouri. Over Charleston? I don't know. Over, I, I don't know. I, I just think like, I, I think, I think he's got a chance to to get some some starter reps. So let me try to do a quick breakdown of like the safeties because like I feel like free safety, strong safety, they don't really use those words anymore. Everybody just can do everything and they try right. to move everybody around. But it's uh Carlisle at free safety, so he's in the back. Burks is his backup. Charleston is kind of like their robber, strong safety guy. It then it'd be Sidney Williams. You know, you got Dalen Carnell at star, and you got Travez Johnson um, as backup. I'm not. I'm not. To be honest, that position is going to be one A one. They're almost co-starters. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's. That's what it seems like to me. Um, yeah, Sidney Williams. He does a lot of what Charleston does. Um, when I was doing the upside downside thing, I mentioned how Charleston. I think he had three hundred. It was like three hundred snaps. In the in like in the slot, two hundred snaps, you know, in the back, hundred snaps at corner, and I may be getting them mixed up, but I know he had over a hundred, a couple hundred here, three hundred here. So they like to move him everywhere and use him as a you know kind of a chess piece. They think Sidney Williams can basically do the same thing, and we didn't see uh, Carlisle or, or, or Joseph today. And so if need be, you know, he could kind of slide in there. We don't know if anything's re- you know really serious wrong or going on with those guys, but. I think when it comes to the safety room, if one of those guys aren't there in the back, I don't think they're panicking. Or if both of them, because they just moved Trevez, you know, uh, or Dalen or whoever they feel to the spot that needs to be filled. So I think they're good. Yeah, I think they've got I think they've got six guys that are gonna play at those three spots. And it like it's helpful and not just in case of an injury, but just 
hey, man, it's okay if you don't have, if maybe some guy isn't playing all 78 snaps every single game, right? Like it's okay to to, to give a, a backup a drive if you feel like the gap between the starter and the backup isn't all that big. Uh, Dan McCullough is asking, did we know Cook got hurt during the K-State game last year? I don't call, recall knowing about it until after the season. So did we know? Yes, we knew because I remember sitting in the press box talking to Gerard when he, we were there. And when I he see- ran off the field, we were like, He's hanging his shoulder. Yeah, he was running off the field like this, and no one caught it. And like they kind of basically try to put it under the radar for the rest of the season, like he's fine and stuff like that. But we kind of knew, like, especially those first couple weeks after, you know, something was definitely off, but obviously no one knew the extent. Yeah, we knew something happened on that play, but frankly, Brady came back out. He started the second half after the game when we asked about it. They said he's fine. So I mean, hey, all you can do is, you know, you, you got to believe him. I mean, what are you going to do? So, like he's, like Gerard said, we didn't know that it was surgical and, and all that, but but we knew we got banged up in that game. That was right. that was about uh, all we had. So, kind of broad question, too simplistic, wants to know, any surprises you've seen so far at camp? I mean, I don't know. Has anything jumped out at you that – like, I'll be honest, guys, we spend eight months talking about this and previewing it. this. I mean, we feel like we generally probably have a pretty good handle on what to expect. It is pretty rare for something to come completely out of nowhere. But I, I don't know. Is there anything that you thought, hey, I didn't expect to see that over the last week and a half? The only thing I can think of is the punting battle. I, when I went to the SEC media days, in my mind, I just knew that when they got Riley Williams that he was – the same way how they're treating Marcellus Johnson at right tackle, how he's just basically the presumptive starter. It's the same way I was thinking about Riley. And so when Drink said something to us, uh, he said something like, yeah, Riley and Luke are going to, you know, have a, a position battle. My first thought was like, hmm, maybe he's just saying that because sometimes, you know, they say, oh, everybody's going to compete. Javon Foster is going to have to, you know, iron his spot and all that stuff. And you kind of know, like, yeah, all right, Javon Foster doesn't have to, you know, battle anybody out for it. Mm-hmm. But this position battle has been good. Uh, I wrote about it, uh, you know, for the four down territory. I wrote about it uh, the other day, just recording their, their punts, and they've been punting the ball. What did, what did Drink said? Well, he They're punting the crud out of the ball. Punting the crud out of the ball, yeah. Yeah, so, so he mentioned that. He said something on radio about it yesterday, just kind of like he thinks that's one of the top position battles going so far, and he hasn't seen a, a, a punting battle like that in, in quite some time, so – Luke Bauer isn't kind of bowing out. It's not an easy win for Riley Williams if he gets it. It's They're actually going toe-to-toe. So that means one of two things. As many times as he's talked about the punting battle, it means one of two things. It means either he feels pretty damn good about his football team if the biggest problem is who's going to be my punter. Or it means, yo, I'm just going to talk up the punting battle all, a bunch so they don't ask me about any of this other stuff I don't like. So it's kind of – you can think of it like this. I remember, I think it was last year, the Bills, the Buffalo Bills, like it was like a thing, like their punter would not punt for games at a time. But then I also think on the other side of the spectrum, like especially for anybody who played Madden or just paid attention to the Raiders, Shane Leckler would be their best player on the game every year while everybody else is dramatically worse. He's the only pro bowl, all pro guy. So you talk up your punter. So it's either a Bills situation last year 
where they're never going to see him like, oh, yeah, we just need him to punt well once or twice, right. or he's going to be the star player. It's one of the two. Yeah, I don't think we're approaching uh, 2007 Missouri levels, which we were in the second quarter of game seven before they had a three and out, I believe. So, uh, yeah, it was it, it was an unbelievable offense. Uh, let's see. Do we have any other camp? Well, we got got a football question here. What would be the the likelier upset, LSU or Tennessee? If I tell you Missouri's winning one of those two, which one do you think it is? I'd say L. Mm, whoopsie, I got a, I got an argument for both. Honestly, um, I, I'd say LSU. I, I'm I'm tempted to say Tennessee because of you know some of the talent they lost. Obviously, a lot of people went to the draft and stuff like that. But the way. Uh, I mean, I coaches circles yeah, around me. has not been, been Eli's yeah. friend. Yeah, you know what? I, I'll take LSU too because every time I just think about it, historical beatdowns back to back years is pretty tough. Yeah, yeah. Well, and LSU is like I think they were ranked fifth in the preseason poll. I mean, they're kind of I think they're the SEC West favorite. Like a lot of people are really are really high on them. I, I'll be interested. Like, they were a good team last year. Don't get me wrong. Jaden Daniels is back. Or is it, I always forget if it's Jaden or Jalen. I, I don't know. Daniels is back. I, no, that's that's Jaden. I think that's Jaden. Okay. Is Jalen the KU quarterback? I don't say it too loud. No, don't I'm saying one of them's Jaden. One of them. Yeah, yeah the, the one at LSU is Jaden. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, Jaden Daniels is back. Like, and, and look, I – I mean, Missouri would be double-digit underdog probably in both those games, but also that LSU game, like, that's got the chance. Again, if you beat K-State, you've got the chance to yeah. be 5-0. and it, It'll be sold out. You mm-hmm. might get, you know, Kirk Herbstreet and his friends on campus. I don't know what other games are that week. That that might not be the case, but I'm just saying it, it's, it's a possibility. So, you know, I could see Columbia being really wild for that game if things line up the right way, a lot of stuff to take care of before that. But if, if we're talking I, one of those two, I got a question for you. So they enter the LSU game five and zero. does that mean they're ranked? Do you think they're I ranked? I would think so because they're already receiving votes. K-State's ranked 17th. It'd mean they have a top 25. Oh, okay. Okay. I think they'd probably be ranked at five and zero. they might be ranked at three and zero. honestly. If they, if they just Wait, go on. beat I, K-State, they might sneak into the bottom. Hold on. South Dakota, Middle Tennessee, uh, K-State. K-State. Oh, Memphis. Okay. Memphis, I was wondering. Yeah. We, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, all right. So <laughs> let's get to this. Uh, I'm late. What have they said about Winnery? So so before we get into williams Winery, and, and again, like I said last week, guys, you know, we don't we don't give you everything on this show because we're going to have a report tomorrow and, and we'll tell you about it. But uh, I, I'm just curious, Gerard, this is the first I feel it, it, unless I'm forgetting something last year. This is the first like days of our lives recruitment that, that you've been here to follow. Right. Like where it's like, you know, you haven't said anything for 45 minutes. What happened? You know. Um, so I'm just curious, like before you started working for a rival site, like, did you, 
how familiar were you with recruiting? Like, as far as did you think it was a big deal? Did you understand that people followed it like this? Because when I started here, I had no idea. Um, I knew there was a following behind it, but where my last stop was, I was pretty much in the middle of nowhere. And I have in the, in, in the year I was there, it was a good year. I was covering Ty Simpson um, and some other SEC, you know, caliber players, but they had already basically had been committed. At least a couple of them had already, you know, committed to their schools. And the other ones were just three-star guys who committed. And so I knew it from that one where you're trying to see where they're trying to go, but that's not the same thing as being, you know, covering the college and they're trying to, that's a whole different animal. And no, I didn't know nothing about this. And last year, I think we did Logan Riker and that was, you know, something, but it wasn't, it wasn't every 45 minutes that, uh, right. Did he say also, and, and also, we like it seemed pretty obvious Logan Riker was coming to Missouri. Yeah, like, it, there wasn't a ton of suspense for Oregon, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, um, and and so this one, I, I mean, I think there is what I will say about this. I think there's legitimate doubt. Um, I know that that there have been reports out there, and you know, um, it, Oklahoma people feel like they're a heavy favorite. Look, I think this is, I think we go on Monday to Lee Summit North and I think it could go either way. Like I, I think the kid has probably made his decision for the most part, but I don't think anybody outside his family knows for sure where he's going. And everything I see or everything I've been able to put together on this is, Missouri absolutely feels like it's still in the fight here. Um, you know, I, I don't think I, I don't think that anybody's thrown in the towel three days before his announcement. So you think he has, and the reason I'm about to ask you, you think he's made his decision of it is because at the same time, I mean, of course, all this stuff can be rumors. You know, it can, right. you know, everybody's saying, "Oh, I think we're in the lead. I think we're in the lead." All that good stuff. But if it's not, I told you the other day, I can definitely see. You know. He, he goes up to the podium or whatever it is when he's about to pick and his brain could be thinking one thing and he says another and he's just like, oh, well, I got to stick with it because I like them both. Um, that <laughs> that'd no, be crazy. I, I think I think he has a I, I think he probably has an idea where he's going now. I'm not saying that nothing could change that in the next three days, but I, I think I, to me, I don't think you set uh, uh, an announcement if you just have no idea, right? Like, if that's the case, just push it back. So I think he has a decent idea. However, I also am confident that he is still in contact with both coaching staffs. So, like, he's listening. He's letting them make their pitches and all that. So that's why I say it, it's certainly possible something could change his mind in the next three days. And I – like, I don't know that he has told either coaching staff, like, I'm coming, right? And and I think more than that, I don't think he's told either coaching staff, I'm not coming. And that's actually the bigger deal, right? Because, like, you can just tell people yes all day. The hard part is when you got to make that call and say no. And most kids, like, we forget all the time that these are 17-year-old kids. Most kids... Man, they don't want to make that call. They want to push that off as long as they can. 
because Eli Drinkwitz, Brent Venables, all these assistants, these guys have put two and three years into recruiting this kid. Like that is a very tough thing to, to call that coach and tell him, coach, I really appreciate it, but I'm going the other place. And so I don't think either staff has been told he's not coming at this point. I think this is interesting. You said the other day, though, you've seen kids kind of go up there and they announce and they. I've seen it happen. They're making their decision in their own mind right there. So um, I've I've seen it happen. I'm giving this kid the benefit of the doubt that he's not going to do that. Um, You know, but look, all I'm going to say is. We plan to, I plan to be at Lee Summit North at three o'clock on Monday. I know Parker from our Oklahoma site plans to be at Lee Summit North at three o'clock on Monday. And, you know, I don't know if either one of us is going to know for sure what's happening when we go there. I mean, we might have an idea. We might think we know, but I, I don't think either one of us for sure will know. So um, I think that'll be interesting. You guys meet up and you guys have the same confidence, like, well, probably you guys are both just staring each other down like i think well i think i know and and the thing about the thing about covering recruiting again is you know hey all these kids but also again like dude people people lie all the time people talk with their hearts all the time right like like somebody might hear yeah i heard he had a great visit and i heard he talked to Drinkwitz, and 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 this person wants him to go to missouri so that turns into Oh yeah, it's done. He's coming to Missouri. Or same thing with Oklahoma, right? So it, it's look, nobody gonna know until he announces. And the only thing I promise you, whoever he picks on Monday, and and I feel pretty good it's gonna be Oklahoma or Missouri. Like, I guess it's possible he gets up there and says, "Yo, I'm going to Georgia or Tennessee." I, I mean, I'd be stunned by it, but you never know. Um, but whichever one he doesn't pick, like that school's got four months. To, to continue to recruit him. And they are going to continue to recruit him. So if Missouri loses out on Monday, it is not over. If Missouri wins on Monday, they will not relax because they know this thing is going to December 20th. Uh, there, there's absolutely no question. Um, okay, I kind of want to I want to piggyback on that, actually, and kind of jump in with the, uh, the, new, the NIL thing we, we've been talking mm-hmm. about lately and how that works. Somebody asked on the board, and I, I can't remember who, but they asked basically, at least is how I interpret it. If let's say we're just going to use uh, Williams because we keep he's already here. Let's say he signs some financial agreement on August 28th. You know, he commits on Monday to Missouri. On August 28th, he signs something. They ask, could another team still recruit him? And I basically said, yeah. because it's not legally binding. Okay, because it's not legally binding, he he's not he's not a part of Missouri technically in that aspect. So yes, someone can talk his ear off all the way up into signing day and which wherever he signs, then stuff will come to a halt. But until then, you know, whoever wants to talk to him still can still talk to him. The, the only document that is binding for the kid is the, the national letter of intent. Now the financial aid agreement is, is binding by the school. And so what that means is if he signs a financial aid agreement and he ends up deciding he wants to come to Missouri, Missouri has to like take him and honor that financial aid promise they made. But the NLI is binding both ways. And it's the only thing it's, it's why I've said, like, if I was a big time recruit, I, I would never sign a national letter of intent. 
Like you don't have to, your spot's going to be there forever. So why lock yourself in for a year? Just tell the coach, no, I'm coming. I, I don't want to sign that piece of paper, but I'm coming, you know, and then you keep your options open till the day you show up in class. And, and look, if you're the number one player in the country, like they let, there's a lot of basketball players that have done that over the time. But uh, yeah, three o'clock Monday is when Aries announcement. Well, I'll have kind of, I'll obviously run down the situation in the chamber tomorrow morning. Talk a little Jeremiah McClellan, um, you know, Missouri basketball has got a, a, what we think is going to be a commitment tomorrow evening. So we'll we'll talk about all that, but just want to uh, finish up by kind of running through the questions that have built up here since, uh, since we've been talking, uh, McCullough says, how much weight would you guess Mevis has dropped? I, I'm a terrible judge of this. I don't know. He looks a little smaller, but like he's still big for a kicker. Exactly. Um, I'm, <laughs> to be honest, of all the stuff I'm watching during practice, besides the first couple plays where they started out with field goals, I feel like I lose track of Mevis after well, that. Because because my favorite thing is they do like the special team stuff, especially when they're indoors. They do the special team stuff early in practice. And then the kickers like actually go outside and they're kind of off doing their own thing. So it, I was joking with somebody the other day. It's like, yo, we just built this hundred million dollar facility, but you guys only get to use it for the first 40 minutes. Then you got to go outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, he's, he's, he's still big for a kicker. There's no question. Acrylic wants to know, should we expect the two safety transfers to get quality time this year? We actually, we're talking about the, this a little bit. Absolutely expect them to, uh, Mark wants to know, uh, and Gerard, I don't know if you are familiar with this, the, the QB guru who worked with, with Jake Hayner, the Fresno state QB. I, I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. This is news to me. No, I'll I'll try to find this article and, and see what you're talking about, Mark. I don't know exactly who this is, but I'll I'll try to see see what's up about it. Yeah, and uh, like we don't get to talk to Kirby more during camp. We're hopeful that once the season starts, we because last year we got to talk to Blake Baker every week. So hopefully we get to talk to Kirby more every week this year too. But but we don't really know what that's going to be like. Uh, Chase Daniel for QB coach. I think that's a joke. I, I will say though, I did uh, when I was walking into practice today. Chase happened to be walking out. He was was headed back uh, to Kansas City. Talked to him for a couple minutes. He's uh, you know right now not signed with the team. He's planning on doing some TV stuff this year, but certainly open if he gets a call. Like dudes get hurt, things happen in training camp. Certainly open to uh, to maybe getting one more uh, one more run in the NFL. He uh, he did say is the first time in 22 years he hasn't been in a training camp. So uh, when you go back college in, in the NFL, which is which is pretty wild. Um, let us see. Uh, Kyler's asking how how much the NL NIL laws have helped. I mean they've helped. There's there's no question. They, like the one thing that's come out of this, I don't think we have to read about like if Williams Winery goes to Oklahoma, it's not because it's not financial. It's not because Missouri didn't have its best foot forward and make every NIL pitch they could do him. It's just he wanted to go to Oklahoma. Like, I think we at least can put to bed the oh, my God, Missouri has no money and the NIL is going to kill the program idea. Uh let me see. Hard not to overanalyze the videos of the quarterbacks throwing. Do you agree with that, Gerard? Because I think it is very easy to it's not It's very easy. I'm trying to tell you guys the other day. 
So we get 45 minutes of practice. The clips you're seeing are two minutes of usually a two and a half hour practice or whatever it is. And so I'm not saying that those videos are harmful or anything, but don't feed too much into quarterbacks throwing against air, quarterbacks not throwing with a lineman in front of them, like an offensive line or with defensive lineman coming at them. I don't remember really ever seeing any quarterback throw anything under pressure of any sort. No, this whole camp. And I don't know. The quarterbacks, when we've been there, there has not been a defensive line. Like it's not like the defensive line even stands up. Like there literally isn't one. Yeah. They're doing something. The most we saw was uh, yesterday when they were doing the, um, kind of three on three, four on four drills, but they had secondary and linebackers playing and they were all dropping in coverage. There was no rushing or anything like that. Yeah. So no, I look, I understand what fans do, but these, these minute long video clips you're seeing on Twitter and just say, Hey, there's my guy. There's a quarterback. Cool. But they mean nothing. Like they, they, they they mean, if it is possible for them to mean less than nothing. I think, I think what you guys should take, out of the take, you should take those videos with a grain of salt because I think what drink obviously is drink, but what he says on the weekends during his presser, like he said about Brady Cook and his first down efficiency, basically, he said, you know, Jake Garcia needs to work on his footwork. Those parts, you know, you should listen and take those more than you should, you know, 30 second clip of Garcia or Cook or Horn because obviously drink is coaching them up through the whole practice and seeing them day to day. Yeah. Uh, Dave wants to know, haven't heard much about Marcellus Johnson. <clears throat> Does the staff still think he's a lock at right tackle? I mean, he's lined up as yeah. the starter at right tackle in everything we've seen. Yeah. What, from what I've heard, he's he's fine. Like there there shouldn't be a concern or worry about him. Apparently this transition to right tackle ha- has been fine for him. Hope I've asked for him for tomorrow. So hopefully we get to we get to talk to him tomorrow, but I wouldn't worry about him. Yeah. And uh I it, that does lead to when somebody asked about the surprises in camp earlier. I did mean to say I'm I'm surprised by Connor Tollison so far. Still, oh yeah, yeah. still holding on to the starting center job at least as far as we know through the first scrimmage and uh, has his people are, have talked highly of him. So you know, coming off last year, we kind of thought, hey man, they got to fix this, and obviously they did too. But maybe the fix is that this kid's gotten a lot better. I'll be interested to see who starts the first game. Yeah, I got a I got a story on Tolson dropping early in the morning tomorrow, but just a little gist is it's I guess something it's it's part something has clicked for him mentally, you know, just having that experience, kind of understand the game. And Brandon Jones, I mean, I think he's the new voice in the locker room that the offensive line room needed. Sometimes it may be not be, you know, what a coach is doing. Sometimes you just need a different voice. And it seems like they're not just Tolson, but it seems like everybody's responded. Uh, G2 South says, uh, Darius Robinson's reportedly dropped from 305 to 290. Do you think his performance will suffer a DT? Let me say this, like, I, Darius Robinson's still huge, man. I, like, I can't tell the difference between 290 and 305. Like, his arm is still bigger than my thigh, so, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, D-Rob's still a big guy. The only thing I would think would maybe, uh, hamper his play at defensive tackle is the fact that I haven't seen him line up at defensive tackle even in the spring. He was everything he's been doing is trying to learn defensive end and get better at that. When we were talking to him before fall camp, it's getting better at defensive end. He's still going to play defensive tackle, 
But even then, when he goes into the inside, I wouldn't even worry too much. You know, he may have a few reps of rust, but I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I, I agree. And I would think the practice time has more to do with, hey, we know what you are at defensive tackle. Right. We're, we're right. good there. Let's see what you got it in. Uh, Noah wants to know, does Mizzou have a running back commit in the 24 class? If not, are there prospects? Uh, they don't have one. Most of the, A lot of the guys have committed elsewhere. They are going to hit the transfer portal at running back for at least one guy, maybe two. There's absolutely zero question about that in my mind somebody was asking earlier if drew king stopping by for basketball not tonight um i i did not uh tell drew to join us uh peyton marshall again making his choice tomorrow night we expect that to be missouri but we will we'll certainly see um we'll have have news of that if and when it happens tomorrow um i don't know man gerard any other uh closing thoughts before we let these people go. We've, we've filled their time up to, there's only like 92 hours left till Williams Winery announces now. Only thing I think of, oh, we forgot to mention, uh, Makai Miller, Makai Miller. I mean, he's a guy that to me, in my mind, him and Mookie Cooper are 3A, 3B type of situation. Like I, we said with the stars kind of splitting it, there is potential for him to get, that three spot by himself because I've never I've never seen him drop a pass. He runs smooth routes. He's and every time Drake talks about him, he just seems like the blue collar guy who's always working, doesn't complain, doesn't say anything. He's just getting the job done. And obviously, you seen last year on third downs and in big moments whenever they needed him, he he made the plays. So there you go. There is the best camp report we can give you again tomorrow morning. Uh, Gerard's got a story coming on Connor Tolleson. I'm going to throw the chamber together in the morning. We got some football interviews in the afternoon. Um, going to be a busy week, guys. So appreciate you joining us. Uh, want to remind you one more time that uh, bringing this show to you every week during the football season and frankly during the basketball season too is uh, James Carlton, Carlton Insurance in webster groves missouri you can find them at carltoninsurance.net you can look up carlton insurance on facebook you can also give him a call at 314 hang on let me have the number come up 314-961-4800 you get in touch with james if you mention the show to him he's going to donate 20 dollars to mizzou's nil collective but also like we talk about that but we don't mention enough like james is going to try to save you money on insurance too so he's trying to do two good things for you at once and two good things are better than no good things so just give james a call and, and give him a shot at your business even if it doesn't work out get a quote he's going to donate 20 dollars to every true tiger foundation uh if you're watching on the live stream appreciate it uh like the channel hit hit subscribe because that way you get alerts and you'll know when we go live like maybe monday afternoon three o'clock at least summit north high school we'll see how that goes um and if you're listening on the podcast afterwards leave a nice review say good things on social media do all that we will talk to you all later